What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review and nerd news podcast. You're tuned in to the 3FN Podcast. Of course, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. And, of course, this week we are going to be pulling a, a movie pick right out of the Patreon grab bag. That is right. It's, we're going to be reviewing 1995's Angus in the second half of the show for the 3FN Movie Club Review. And, of course, we're going to talk in the first half of the show about nerd news. We're also going to have Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff, and so much more. But before we get there, of course, I am your host, Rich. And the nerds are all here. Let's introduce him now. First of all, he is the man that just this past weekend single-handedly pulled in more money than every other celebrity at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about Ron. Man, my jaw is sore. Oh, man. Listen, and that was quite a bit of money. I know. Like, some of them had some pretty decent guarantees. Li- and uh, Listen. I- like, we're not talking, folks, we're not talking hundreds. We're yeah. talking thousands Hey, Soft I, and womanly. What did I tell you? Exactly. Yeah, Diesel. Said, Diesel was sore, but Diesel was the pimp. I had to do it. Well, Diesel didn't get no ten percent. Fuck that noise. Uh, yeah, I got ninety yeah. percent. You got ten. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> and with that being said, you already heard the man. But he is the man that doesn't need an introduction yet. He has the longest introduction in all of podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. Hashtag Big Natty Cool. Hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style. Hashtag Challenge Accepted. Hashtag Diesel Malenko because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang and. Is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger bearded feller. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you Diesel. Soon to be award winning podcaster. Award winning. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to find out what kind of award it is. Doesn't but, but, matter. Doesn't matter. Before we go any further, gentlemen, uh, how was your weekend, Ronald? Or week, I should say. Uh, week was all right. Our Wednesday group met for DD as normal. Uh, it was more. I mean, we moved a little bit of the story, but it was more chit-chat and catching up and just telling jokes, you know, and every once in a while, even in a, you know, the hardcore group where you're, you know, you have the set time limit and you start playing, like, you just need just time with friends. Our Friday group, you know, we did the Tomb of Annihilation again, and we've already lost one of the new characters. <laughs> he got, got, you know, the trap charmed him, and he decided to put his head inside of Boar's mouth that was on the wall and it continued to chop on his head because nobody knew how to stop it so one new brand new character dead dead didn't even get didn't even get to fight introduced ooh let me stick my head in there (laughs) sounds like all my troubles in life pretty pretty much much. but uh it went well but uh other than that we had the you know the sci-fi horror fest thing go on on saturday and been dog sitting since saturday so you know it's all Good stuff, Diesel. How's your week been? It was pretty good. Uh, I had a good time up at Sci-Fi Horror Fest, up at Vernon Downs. Uh, we, me and Ronald, did the one day. Um, and then Sunday, I was able to go up and visit my dad for the first time in like a month and a half. So it was a very good weekend. I had the weekend off of work. So it was a very good weekend. Well, I had a very busy week. Of course, I was the event manager for Sci-Fi Horror Fest, as we've talked about in this program before. And, uh, man, uh, first of all, before I even go into anything else, I would like to say thank you for anybody who is listening who attended. Even if you didn't, you know, maybe think about attending next year. Thanks to all the vendors, the celebrities, the guests, the staff, the fucking crew. We did it. We pulled off a great, great con. Busy. Very successful. Uh, I can't ask for more with, with pretty much zero problems. Like, zero problems. 
cannot ask for more. And I want to, first of all, thank anybody who was there, whether you were a uh, fan or whether you were a volunteer, other, other staff member, you know, celebrity, everybody, man. They, everybody deserves hats off to everybody because uh, we couldn't have done it without you. And we, and myself and the promoters are fucking super over the hill and stoke uh we don't have a date right now but we will probably have a date within the next week or so we are coming back to vernon downs next year that's official we are coming back and we're uh, you know bigger badder and better you know what i mean uh some of the stuff that uh, i took notes there was some things that could have improved we are going to be improving them we're going to be opening up more area it's going to be great trust me what's in the works for next year now that we got through the first year easy for you to say diesel uh, we are now going to be moving on and doing bigger and better things. So I cannot wait. I, I can't stress enough how awesome it's been. And uh, I've gone from the being tired from busting my ass all weekend uh, from Thursday through Sunday uh, to being, you know, now elated and happy. And it's just amazing. Cannot tell you how this feeling goes, but it was very successful. I can't say enough good things about CJ Graham, Richard Mouser, and of course, David Howard Thornton. And of course, big shout outs to his agent, Bob. I love Bob. And uh, <laughs> if Bob, if you're living it, if you're listening, man, just this one's for you. Give me my money, bitch. <laughs> it was a good inside joke, and I uh, just wanted to share that with you guys. But it was fucking awesome, and I cannot thank everybody enough. And then, if I couldn't get it, couldn't get even better, if you would, uh, this morning as we record, because as you all know, we record on Mondays, I was invited and joined our good friends, uh, Padawan J and Ken M over at the ODPH, and we interviewed uh, Scott Snyder. <laughs> so, uh, fuck, man. Bucket list, bucket list, bucket list. Nice. I don't care how much work I have to do. You know, this right here was the weekend to solidify why this podcasting journey that we started, you know, four and a half years ago, pretty much, it was the right thing. Do we make a ton of money? No. <laughs> you know, I've always said that I get to hang out with my best friends and shoot the shit, and we get to do it for an audience. And no matter how big the audience is, we love the fact that you guys listen, and that's rewarding in its own. But then on top of that, you think of the fact of all the conventions we've gone to, all the things we've covered as press, all the celebrities we've been able to meet, all the panels we've ever been able to host, all the gigantic great interviews. And it was like this past weekend was hard work for me as in you know i would never have been able to be the event manager because if without the podcast we don't go to at the time what was called author con and paranormal festival festival which changed the sci-fi horror fest we wouldn't have gone to that we would have never met the promoters tiffany and denny and we would have so therefore that would have never been the event manager yeah. so this this has opened up some great things and as i sat there on saturday night at a rap dinner with uh you know the celebrities and our staff and everybody I just went, man, this is fucking awesome. I took a minute to just drink that, and it was awesome. While I was drinking a Tito's and Cranberry. <laughs> nice. I fucking deserved it. But thank you to everybody once again that came out. If uh, you know you didn't come out this year, you know what? Next year, trust me, you're going to want to come out. I have, I have complete faith that we're going to be doing things way bigger. We've already got ideas, and we're going to be putting those in the works and announcing a date and then uh, announcing other things after. So it's going to be pretty, pretty awesome. So... Make sure you keep your eyes on scifihorrorfest.com and, of course, 3fnpodcast.com because we talk about everything there as well. So can't say I'm stoked enough about it. Also, ODPH, make sure you check out that Scott Snyder interview. It's amazing. He's awesome. Uh, of course, find the ODPH anywhere you get great podcasts. Also, if you go to 3fnpodcast.com, you go to Friends of the Show, there is a player right there and you can listen to it. So, boom, we're making it easy for everybody. 
With that being said, I don't even think I need to do opening plugs. I just did them all. Go to 3FNpodcast.com, man. Our Patreon feed is there. Patreon.com slash 3FNpodcast. If you want extras for as little as $1 and help support us, that's always awesome. Of course, all the links to our social medias are there. T Public Store link is there. We got new merch on the way. And uh, it would have been up this weekend, but unfortunately, I was way busier than I thought I was going to be, which is a good thing. And, you know, so much more. So just go to 3FNpodcast.com. That's all I'm going to say. Guys, are you ready to get this party started? Yes. Because I'm ready to get this party started. And there's only one way we can get said party started. With this week's edition of the Nerd News. Bing, bang, boom. Wow, you were late. Ron was on time with it last week when you weren't here, sir. I I just want to point that out. I didn't want to jump on his his little fun. He missed it last week. Well, you know, I know we were giving him his moment, but he was trying to miss that moment. He's, but you know, (laughs) he normally doesn't blow past stop signs. No, (laughs) I do. I do all the time. Hey, well, uh, there. uh, Funny story though about real stop signs. There was a stop sign in Syracuse when we used to uh, work for Two CW that I blew past every time we went to the pastime. Usually, when I take home, I blow by by the one, and I I did not blow by that stop sign. You almost did. If I did not say anything, you were flying through that intersection. (laughs) I was perfectly okay. Okay. With that being said, let's dive into the nerd news. First up, DC Studios and Warner Brothers Discovery. Killing more shit. We found out this week that they uh, they canceled the Batman Cape Crusader show. It's an animated series that was brought to you by Batman, the animated series creator Bruce Tim and uh, the Batman director Matt Reeves. So Matt Reeves and Bruce Tim, that should have been a fucking slam dunk, right? Yeah. So they canceled that for coming to HBO Max. However, there's some golden news. Uh, reports came in this week that the other streaming services are eager to potentially take on the series... One of the first Batman-centric shows in decades to air on a Warner Brothers platform. And they didn't cash it out for tax purposes, so they can show it, and they're shopping it. So there's a lot of rumors about where they may be shopping it, too. And there's one, and it's not a rumor, it's more of an opinion from a certain... Uh, podcaster slash director and I'm going to read this straight from a the article. It says, speaking on his latest Fat Man Beyond podcast, Kevin Smith was discussing the news of Cape Crusader being orphaned by Warner Brothers Discovery with his co-host Mark Bernardin, who penned an episode of the show and Fat Man Beyond producer J.C. Uh, Reffenberg. The later posted the idea of Disney Plus becoming the streaming home for Batman Cape Crusader, which seemed like an amusing antidote for the trio to consider, especially with how unlikely it all seems. To conclude the thought, Smith noted with laugh you know how marvel owns dc by literally owning dc (laughs) now let's talk about this where do you think this show is going to land and let's playbook here does disney plus throw their hat in the ring and if so does would warner brothers sell it to disney plus start with diesel i i don't think you can sell it to disney plus i i think that's too much of a mixed signal i'm fine with them shopping it around but it cannot wind up in Disney's hands. I think it would be better at like something like whoever has like Adult Swim or the Cartoon Network, like one of those type of programs. What, which I thought was Warner. I think it is. <laughs> so that's just weird that they're not putting it on their own thing. Maybe like an HBO Max. Well, they they've still, canceled yeah. it from yeah, HBO Max. Yeah, they but most of the Adult Swim yeah. stuff is on Hulu, which is that's true. Disney. Disney. Yeah. by Disney. So that's probably where it's probably going to go on Hulu. Is what's going to which happen. is still Disney, yeah. which is going to be Disney, but because you because everything Adult Swim is on 
Hulu. Yeah. Like everything. Yeah, I don't know where it winds up, but it's just a weird look. It, it, it's gonna end up, it's probably gonna end up on Hulu. Hulu's got a lot of stuff yeah. between anime and regular stuff going on. Like it's probably gonna end up there. I mean, but, I don't see Amazon doing it. I don't either. But here's the thing. What what is the protocol for this? If this do they have to say it's going to Hulu? Or can they bait and switch? Can can Disney go? Oh, we're going to purchase it. Probably going to put it on Hulu. Use the word probably. And they go, okay. So they give it to him. And then they go, fuck it. We're putting it on Disney Plus. Because Kevin Smith's got a good point. Even though we're all musing about it, it probably won't happen. How would be the greatest way to stick it to your competitor than take one of their top things that's brought to you from one of the greatest animated series creators of all time, Bruce Timm. Yeah. And then on top of that, the guy who just penned one of the best Batman films of all time and Matt Reeves, you know, mm-hmm. directed it. Like, this could be a fucking really... Uh, Fuck you, but from Disney to Warner Brothers Discovery, once again proving it's a mistake to not put it on HBO Max. It's like when the McMahons came out on WCW Nitro. Yeah, yeah. because <laughs> once again, perception's reality. Yeah. If if that ends up, if they if Disney buys it and you know under the guise that they're going to put it on Hulu, even if it's on Hulu, we know Disney owns it. Yeah. So there's still a little whatever there. But what if they go, oh, we're going to put it on Hulu, and they go, oh, never mind, put it on Disney Plus. It looks like, hey, we bought our competition. You guys didn't want this, and now we're putting your shit on our airwaves. Like, I think this is a dangerous game that Warner Brothers Discovery is playing, proving once again that uh, the new new head there, David Zaslav, doesn't know shit. Like, he knows reality TV. That's it. And they made a shit ton of money off of people watching, you know, Pawn Stars and shit, you know? Mm -hmm. And here we go, are with him as the helm of, like, this big studio and this big company. And I think that we're seeing fucking going to see this ran into the ground. And eventually, Disney will own all of it anyways, let's be honest, because they own them or or Amazon. If Amazon really wants to get a secondary thing, they can buy all of Warner Brothers and call it a day. Right. But I don't don't think Disney's going to let that happen. No, I think Disney's going to try to take it. Yeah. I I, I really feel it's going to be... Disney's going to have it all, and once you own both sets of comic rights, you can do you can do what people want to see. You can do the Justice League versus X Men and shit. Like, well, we'll finally get good DC films. Yeah, like consistently good. Because let's be honest, the Marvel movies have been consistently good. Yeah, and it'll it'll be enough to fill in the gaps, and you don't have to be pumping out as much Marvel. No, I agree. But like, you can be like, okay, this year is DC. Next year is going to be Marvel. So you're not back to back to back to back. Well, we'll see. Only time can tell, but it was definitely an interesting musing, and uh, shout out to Fat Man on Batman. It's always a great time. Uh, next up, Weird Al. Weird. Sorry, Weird. The Al Yankovic <laughs> story, which we know will be hitting uh, Roku Channel on November 4th. Finally got its first full-length trailer. Just came out today as we're recording. We got a chance to look at it. I will tell you what. This is an interesting trailer. Now, mind you, they are promising that this is, uh, that, that there's, this is a true story. Uh, I doubt, I, uh, with no exaggerations, that's yeah. what they said. I doubt that a little bit because, I mean, one of the it's, opening th- scenes of the trailer is him getting in trouble for being at a polka party, which I don't know if ever, anybody in the history of man has gotten in trouble for a polka party, so I can only assume it was something else. And uh, obviously churching it up a little bit. But then we get scenes of, uh, you know, Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al saying, hey, I want to make take other people's songs and change the lyrics and you know do entertaining things and then it shows like the clip of uh, my Bologna yeah. uh, to my Sharona Rachel Evan Woods is going to be she's Madonna in this and she's going into the relationship with him 
it had or it was her idea for like a surgeon. And it goes on from there, and it shows that he had a drug and alcohol problem, it looked like, at one point. And the trailer goes on, like in most rock star documentaries, until we get, you know, the triumphant on stage. Obviously, not giving too much away from the movie. Uh, the biggest thing giving away is that there's a, a relationship between Madonna and Weird Al Yankovic that I didn't know about until just now, which, that's fine. Uh, what were you guys' thoughts on the uh, Weird, the Al Yankovic story? I'm trailer. very torn on this now. I was super excited when I heard that they're doing this, especially with Daniel Radcliffe. The trailer didn't sell me. The trailer actually got me very concerned, and I don't know how good this is going to be. I think acting-wise, Daniel Radcliffe's going to knock it out of the park. I think the way they're telling the story, I don't know if it's going to work. No. I mean, it's going... I mean, it's Weird Al. So let's, let's face it. Like, I... I and it's not going to theaters. It's going to be on Roku. So, yeah. So, I mean, his last movie was UHF. Let's be honest. And now he's able to tell his story. There's, It's Weird Al. There's going to be jumps and bounds. There's going to be some things that, you know, are a little bigger than there should be because it's Weird Al. I'm fine with it. I'll watch it. Well, you know, I'll wait to review it when we get to there. I agree. I agree. Once again, though, let's be honest. It looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. I can't wait to watch and review it. So that will be coming down the pike November 4th, Roku channel. And it's absolutely free, folks. Uh, next up, we are uh, taking this story straight from Variety. Uh, Variety reported this week that a live action series detailing the origin of the iconic movie monster King Kong is in the works at Disney+. Plus. According to the trade, the series will be a serialized drama that would explore Kong's origin as well as the mysteries of his home, Skull Island. Uh, Stephanie Folsom, who developed Amazon Prime Video's Paper Girls adaptation, is set to write and executive produce. Filmmaker James Wan will also executive produce through his Atomic Monsters banner alongside Michael Clear and Rob Hackett. Disney-branded television will produce the series, which doesn't yet have a targeted release date. You may be reading this story, this is what Variety said, and wondering how exactly can Disney do that? Didn't Warner Brothers make the last King Kong movie? To make it simple, the rights to King Kong are very complicated, but at its core, a piece of the character exists within the public domain. That's how you, ever, you can do everything. The public domain, including how we got the Winnie the Pooh horror movie after that went to public domain. Uh, right now, currently, as we speak, speaking of Warner Brothers... In Warner Brother Discovery, if you will, legendary films. They are now shooting an onset for King Kong or Kong versus Godzilla two. Yep. So that is in the works right now. The first set photos have come out like two days ago. Yeah. So that is happening. So at the same time, Disney's developing a King Kong series. How do you guys feel about a King Kong series on top of what we already have established in the MonsterVerse? We'll start with Ron. I'm fine with it. I I'll watch it. I love all these. So the more the merrier. I like even the bad ones. I've watched multiple times. So we'll uh, see when it comes out. I mean, I don't, I don't have anything bad to say about it yet. Diesel, just wait till Mickey Mouse becomes public domain, and you're gonna try shutting shit down. And no one's gonna feel bad for you now. You start going into the public domain thing of shit that people own. It's gonna be a little tricky down the road for you, I think. I agree with you there, but here's the thing: Do you think Disney will ever let Mickey Mouse go public domain? No. They'll always find a way to yeah. make sure that stays in their copyright folder. And I understand they let Winnie the Pooh lapse, but really what were they doing with Winnie the Pooh? Yeah. And I don't think they really cared. Because now they have all these new toys with Star yeah. Wars and, and Marvel I, and, and everything else they have. Was Winnie know? the Pooh actually created by Disney or was it actually something no, else? No, it was, it was acquired. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't acquired by Disney, yeah, yeah, but so. they, were, they did have the copyright to it. Yeah. But they just let it lapse. Because yeah. why not? 
at the same point juncture, it wasn't like the last outing that they made with the Winnie the Pooh movie set the world on fire, and I think that's why they let it lapse. Yeah. Because remember, they did make a live-action movie a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. Christopher Robin. Yeah. yeah, and it did not do well. So no. I'm assuming they said, well, fuck this, let it go. Let somebody else do it. It's not yeah. our beast. Because at the moment, we have Star Wars, we have Marvel, yeah, no, we have I, the rest of Lucasfilm. Yeah. I know, I get it. I just couldn't remember if it was actually created by one 20th of 20th Century Fox, yeah. you know, with the, you know, yeah. they have everything right now. Yeah. It's like fucking, uh, they are literally the infinity gauntlet of the uh, the world. I mean, they're trying to get everything else. I mean, they're trying to get the television rights for Listen. for WWE when their rights are up to put it on ABC and ESPN. They're trying, Listen. like, they, they already acquired the WWE Network for international viewers. The it's crazy. The alien queen is a Disney princess now. Well, yeah, exactly. That's so. I'm, I'm fine with all that. I'm just saying they collect IPs like some people collect baseball cards. Is all I'm saying. We are got one more article, and we always save the fun ones for last here on the Nerd News. And uh, I'm going to read this right from Bloody Disgusting, because uh, this one's for Diesel. <laughs> Who saw this coming? Question mark. We might not be getting a film, but the Killer Clowns are back in video game form. Debuting at Gamescom this afternoon is Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the game. A new asymmetrical multiplayer game coming home from uh, TerraVision Games and Good Shepherd Entertainment in 2023 for consoles and PCs. In fact, you can head over to the official site to, be, uh, to sign up for the beta. Uh, based on the iconic 80s film, in the battle between killer clowns and citizens of Crescent Cove, team up and use your wits to harvest humans or save them from the alien invasion. You can play as the killer clowns as you cooperate in a team of three players, utilizing their outlandish abilities and weapons as you hunt humans, or you can fight back as a team of seven human citizens of Crescent Cove, pick your class, explore the city for valuable loot and weapons, avoid getting captured by the clowns, and try to survive. You can choose from five classes of killer clowns and humans, each with their own class and abilities that you unlock by leveling up. Humans share a pool of multiple respawns per match, so communication to beat back the clown is a key. According to the developers upon release, you'll be playing on a map pulled straight from the 1988 film. They also state that they have big plans for the future seasons that will keep you updating your strategies while playing. Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the game will arrive for PC via Steam, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One in 2023 diesel are you you know we don't usually do video games but i feel like we need to get you behind a computer so you can revisit the movie that terrified (laughs) you of clowns so i did see the uh gameplay footage of it you know video games are for children if you're an adult grow the fuck up i'm just kidding out there i just i don't happen to play video games this actually i saw the side-by-side comparison where they did the actual scenes from the movie to this game Honestly, the animators and developers of this game did a great job. I don't know how the gameplay itself is going to be. It's not my cup of tea, obviously. But I I will say, it looks like they gave this some actual effort, and it looks like it actually might be pretty fun. You know, I was I'm a big fan of the Friday the 13th game that got doomed by the lawsuit. Yeah. yeah. And now we have we know we have the same people who brought you that are bringing you a Ghostbusters game and then some of the other people who brought you that are bringing you a Texas Chainsaw Massacre game within the next uh well the Ghostbusters game comes out in November. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. And I think the Texas Chainsaw game either comes out it's by the end of the year. I can't yeah. remember the exact date off the top of my head. So like this is another game in that in that zone that a lot of people like where you have like only in this case instead of being one killer, you know there's three killers yeah. and seven human characters. So so, player, I mean, that's a, that's a lot for this. Oh yeah, it's amazing. You yeah. know, a Predator was kind of close, but with Predator, you only had one killer, and then you or you were had one Predator, yeah. I should say, and there was I think six human survivors, yeah, kind of similar to the Friday Thirteenth game. I do know that in the Texas Chainsaw game, I think there's a mode where it's like two, there's two killers, and then four or five human. Yeah. So like, this is going to be the biggest one of out of all of them, yeah. as as you oh, just yeah. discussed. 
But it's, it's, it looks good, and I like the style of game. This is one of those style of games that I don't mind playing online because yeah. it's a lot of fun for everybody, especially if you have friends that you can get together with and, and play. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems good like, all the way around. I saw the, you know, the, the, the same video you did with it, comparison, and it's right on cue. It's, it's the same thing. And the fact that it's, you know, 10 people, yeah. I mean, that's... It's like, it looks like a fun party game. Yeah, like that, that's solid. Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Nerd News. But don't you fret, we, uh, when the Nerd News ends, we travel right into... Let's all go to the lobby. Hey, welcome back to Diesel's Movie Triple Stuff. Pretty quiet weekend in the box office. People were busy with plans. Coming in at number five, Dragon Ball Super, Superhero, with $4.6 million. From first to fifth, a lot of money dropped there. With uh, $4.8 million, Top Gun Maverick still pulling in that money. Still pulling it in all this time later. This one kind of hurts because it just edged out Top Gun Maverick, Beast, with $4.9 million. (laughs) Well, as you know, we reviewed that last week on the 3FN Movie Review, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm surprised it still made that. Yeah. Uh, number two this week was Bullet Train with another $5.6 million. Fun movie, as you heard us review a couple weeks ago in the 3FN Movie Club. But, uh, you know, hey, I'm not surprised it's not making a ton of movie money. Yep, and uh, debuting this week at number one with a whopping $7 million, The Invitation. Which we were going to see for this week's event, but then I was at the event, and trust me, uh, Diesel was absolutely co- correct. When I came home, there was no way I'd been able to get that movie yeah. in. So I'm, I'm blessing yeah. for that. That's why we're getting Angus this week in the 3FM Movie Club review. But uh, I wish it would have made more, and I haven't heard anything good or bad about yeah. it, which is weird. But then again, I spent most of my weekend off of social media because I was I busy. I didn't pay any attention to it. All right, and coming out this week... Honk for Jesus, save your soul. By the way, next week's 3FN Movie Club review, which we decided that last week. So, yeah, that's going to be coming to you next week. Yep. Coming out in theaters and on Peacock, same day. Uh, Burial, Waiting for Bojangles, and One Way. Okay. Uh, The following week, we have Barbarian, which the movie title makes no sense compared to what the trailer shows, but whatever. Diesel probably shan't be watching that. I'm 50-50 on this one. Well, let me know, because we can all go. But I I know me and Ron are going to go see it. Also coming out next week, uh, Medieval, True Things, Life Mark, Beautiful Blue Eyes. So there's a possibility if Diesel decides he's in, Barbarian will be the 3FN Movie Club review. However, if he's not in, we'll have to choose something else. But me and Ron might do a little bonus on that one because I know we're definitely going to see it. I'm intrigued by it. I, 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 know, I am. I'm, I'm afraid it's not going to be good, but I'm intrigued. Exactly. I, I have this <laughs> irking sus- suspicion it's not going to be a great movie, but also it does have that intrigue to it. Plus, but, uh, I wonder what the fucking name stands for because I didn't see any well, Barbarian. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, it, might, it probably won't be as good as Black Phone, but I was the same way with Black Phone. Like, yeah. I could go, Black Phone could have gone either way, but I was intrigued enough to see it, and I enjoyed it. So, Hey, I agree with that. Diesel, that means one thing left for the triple stuff, and of course, that is the top three. What is this week's top three, Diesel? All right, this is your top three favorite songs used in a movie. It doesn't have to be the iconic song, but the ones that you personally enjoy. All right, here we go. My number three, uh, and I've said this before, there's only one good Creed song ever, (laughs) and it was from the Scream 3 soundtrack, which is my least favorite Scream movie, by the way, also, which is weird, but uh, what if? Uh, That was on the soundtrack. It is in the movie in the beginning when uh, Cotton Weary and his his girlfriend get killed, because it's on the the stereos blasting it, so that's pretty awesome. That song does slap. And it does slap. I'll give you credit. (laughs) Uh, Number two, and I know I just saw Top Gun Maverick, and I know it was in Top Gun, but come on, Danger Zone. Highway to (laughs) the Danger Zone. Come on, it's an epic song. I don't give a shit, Diesel. You can shake your head all you want. 
but my number one yeah. is going to take it from everybody. There's a little movie that wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. That movie was called Loser. Do you remember what the oh. theme song oh, to yeah. that yes. movie was? Yep. Of course, the greatest song of all times, Weedus, Teenage Dirtbag. And I'm glad that they're getting their due on TikTok with people doing the Teenage Dirtbag thing on t- TikTok. Nice. Because you can never get enough Weedus in your life. Of course, as a wrestling fan, independent wrestler, the spider Nate Webb uses it as his theme song. And it is the and I, I agree with Drew Gulak, the greatest entrance music of all time. It is one of the greatest movie songs of all time. So, yeah. That's right. Weedis, Teenage Dirtbag, number one. Ron, what's your top three? Number three is coming from Empire Records. Sugar High, but the fast oh, version. Okay. Yeah. Not, the, not the original version that's yeah. crap, but that fast version from the, from the from movie. The, from the tower, from, from yeah. the actual oh, top of the building. Dude, so good. So good. Uh, number two, I'm going with uh, Lose Yourself, an 8 Mile. Okay. I, 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 like, that. I like that song. I, I It just hit home. Uh, number one, got to go with it. Got to do it. It's the only time I'll be able to pull this song out from anywhere. The Touch from Transformers and Animated Movie, baby. The Touch Friday, baby. Yep. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that one coming. I actually thought you were going to go with Hot Girl. Oh. Uh, yes. Hot, honorable Hot mention. Hot Girl. Honorable mention. Yeah, I, I think Hot Girl's honorable mention for everybody. The best part of Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Hot <laughs> yeah. Girl. Dude, that sounds so addicting. Uh, Diesel, it's your turn. All right. We're going back to our childhood. Uh, send me an angel. I, I did the same thing with A Mile. I was like, okay. wait, what was the song was I thinking of? Uh, number two, we are going with the movie Warrior. The song uh, About Today by The National. Oh, okay. okay, yeah, okay. During the end fight scene. Yep. And then my number one from Fight Club, The Pixies, Where Is My Mind. Nice. Ah, there you go. Of course. Uh, you know, the f- weird part about that is I wish they would have kept that for uh, Orange Cassidy. Because mm. he used that for a little while because they didn't get him Jane by uh, Jefferson Starship. And I understand a lot of people like Jane. But I just I thought I thought Where's My Mind was a way better song for a theme song for wrestling. That's just personally my take. Don't crucify me, wrestling fans. If you want to, six oh seven TWS is being recorded on Tuesday this week. That's why it's not out already, uh, because big things happened, right? You know, including me being tired off my ass. <laughs> Well, with that being said, that is going to do it for the first half of the show. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back from the break, it's going to be time for this week's 3FN Movie Club review. And we are reviewing 1995's Angus. That will be right after this break. Hey, this is Bill Tash from Obscure Form. You can follow me on Facebook at Obscure Form. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Bill Tash. Check me out on Spotify or help me out on Bandcamp at Obscure Form. You are listening to the 3FN Podcast. Three FN 
Movie Club Review. Of course, we mentioned it earlier. We uh, dug this. We went in and we drew out of the Patreon, you know, grab bag, and we pulled out 1995's Angus, and that was selected by our, our good patron, Ken M., from over at the ODPH, so we salute you, Ken. Uh, this is uh, his pick, and if you would like to make picks for movies, as Ken did and every all, all our other patrons did, you can do that by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash 3FNpodcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get to pick uh, some movies and also get the a uh, lot of bonus, you know, two bonus shows. Well, technically three bonus shows because two times a month you get 3FN After Dark. You get one episode of We Love Movies where we grab that out of the grab bag. And then last but certainly not least, you get the 3FN uh, podcast each and every week early and it's uncut uncensored, unedited, and uncooked. And you get extra bonus stuff because there's a little bit in the beginning that we talk about things and there's a little bit in the middle and it's a lot of fun. So we try to give you the most bang for your buck, quite literally, at patreon.com slash 3FNpodcast. Well, let's talk about Angus. And uh, even though I understand, and I get this all the time, that this movie is from 1995. (laughs) We are still going to do the same order as we always do it in. So we will kick off with telling you all about the movie, like who's in it, the director, uh, the budget, all that gravy and happy stuff. And then we are going to give you our thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down recommendation for Angus before hitting the spoiler alert, even though it is from 95, so it's not really a spoiler. And then after that, we will go into the good and the bad, then giving playing the game and ending with the nerd score and my critic score. So... Are you gentlemen ready to kick off this week's 3FN Movie Club? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so Angus uh, was originally re- uh, was originally released on September 15th of 1995. And we are going to go to that Google synopsis, <laughs> our favorite thing to go to when we talk about movies, because let's see if it's right. You ready? Mm-hmm. Angus is a 1995 coming-of-age comedy film directed by Patrick Reed Johnson. The cast includes Charlie Talbert and James Vanderbeek in their first film roles, along with Chris Owen, Ariana Richards, George C. Scott, Kathy Bates, and Rita Moreno. And once again, they they didn't give you anything about the movie. And 100% accurate. It did star those people. (laughs) Which is kind of weird that they didn't give us anything but that, but... Okay. The term comedy might be a little overused. It's more, it is has its funny moments, but I don't know if you would consider this one a straight comedy. I agree with you there. Yeah. I agree with you there. All right. Are you ready? Uh, the release date, I said, was September 1595. It has a runtime of 87 minutes. It's directed by Patrick Reed Johnson, as you just heard. Uh, before this, he uh, he had a lot of TV stuff to his credit. His most known for, though, is movies-wise, was Spaced invaders and baby's day out from 1996 so a year after this he did baby's day out remember that movie (laughs) oh yeah it's kind of like frogger with a baby yeah (laughs) uh the screenplay was written by jill gordon uh she has a ton of tv credits and when i mean a ton of tv credits she wrote for different strokes she wrote for silver spoons she wrote for you name it in the 80s and 90s sitcom she wrote at least one episode this is her only major motion picture screenplay role there was a couple made for tvs but uh, pretty much, if you name a sitcom from the 80s through the 90s, including gigantic ones like Different Strokes, Silver Spoons, all of those, she wrote for them. The cinematography on this movie was done by Alexander Grazinski. Uh, you might know his cinematography work from such movies as The Craft, 54, The Brothers, and he did like three of the Medea movies. Nice. So uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a trooper. He's a trooper. 
So, are you ready to talk about the cast? Mm-hmm. This movie stars, as you heard in his first role, Charlie Charlie Talbert. He plays Angus Bethune. Uh, you might have also noticed him as bit characters in The Watchmen, uh, The Big Short, one of Ron's favorite of all time, Van Wilder. Yes. And most importantly, Diesel's favorite movie of this year, Where the Crawdads Sing. <laughs> yes, he was in the Where the Crawdads Sing. So. Uh, I will look that up. <laughs> uh, I've, I've already, I already uh, did the, my due diligence. He plays Mr. Mosley. Remember the tax guy? Okay. So yep. that's who he plays in the movie, which you don't really get to see him too much, but that's that's his role in Where the Crawdancing. Uh, also in this movie, George C. Scott, who plays Grandpa Ivan. Of course, George C. Scott was in the original Patton, the original Firestarter. Uh, he's been in a ton of TV shows. You've known him. He's, he was a judge. The Hollywood a, icon. He's an icon. He's a fucking icon. He played General Patton. That's all you go. And speaking of another Hollywood icon, uh, Meg Bethune, played by Kathy Bates. Uh, most notably, let's be honest, everything but Misery, Titanic, About Schmidt, Dolores uh, Claiborne, and the list goes on and on. Kathy Bates is a fucking legend. A legend of film. Of course, we already mentioned uh, playing uh, uh, good old Richie. We have uh, our good friend, the Dawson. <laughs> the Dawson. <laughs> James Vanderbeek. Can you, can you call it, you know, he's Rick Sanford. And think about it, James Vanderbeek, that's, that, he's the Dawson. He's been in a ton of other things, but let's be honest. He's always the Dawson. He's He's, the Dawson pre-Dawson. He's always going to be the Dawson to us. Uh, Ariana Richards, who plays uh, Melissa LeFevre, the the love interest of this movie. Of course, you remember her from Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. Like, she was the girl in Jurassic Park. So, I mean, obviously, we're not going to go too much in that. Uh, She did a few other films, but she did make her return recently. Yep. Uh, coming up next, uh, speaking of people in the movie that you would know, of course, Kevin Conley plays one of the bullies. Of course, you would remember him from Entourage, amongst other movies, yep, but yep. probably most famously from Entourage. A kid in this movie, this that was the other bully. And Diesel, you would remember him most, probably, from this era, for being in a movie with a man named Bill Cosby. And that was Ghost Dad, and that would be uh, Salem Grant. Yep. And, uh, of course, he played, he was in Ghost Dad. He was in L.A. Confidential in 97. Uh, the Hitman, uh, Saved by the Bell, The New Class. He was in that as well. He plays Mike in this movie. He's the other bully with uh, uh, Rick and uh, Andy, played by Kevin Conley. Uh, this movie's just got a ton of great actors in it. They went on to do some really cool stuff and a lot of bit actors that you would know, but those are the main characters of the movie. The budget of this movie, $1.5 million. Would you gentlemen like to guess the box office? I don't think it did really well, so by 1.5. Ron. I'm going to have to go lower. I'm going to have to sit like... It might have been a loss. Like, yeah, I think it's more like 65. Ladies and gentlemen, it made money. $4.8 million. So it, it almost tripled. It almost tripled yeah, this money. solid. Yeah, so it did a very decent. Now, before we go into our full-on review, just in case somebody doesn't want this movie spoiled <laughs> from 1995... Uh, thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down. Recommendation with spoiler-free recommendation. Ron, go first. What did you give Angus? No, I will. I'll give it a thumbs up. I'll say it's worth definitely worth a watch. It's a '90s staple. If you went to high school in the '90s, it hits every trope you need to see, and it it, fe- it feels like a '90s movie. And so, like I said, if you went to high school in the '90s, you definitely got to see it. Diesel. I definitely recommend it. It's a great coming-of-age movie, especially if you grew up with any body self-esteem issues, whether it be too fat, too skinny, just any issues. This one deals with it in a very good way, and honestly, the soundtrack's a banger. It's it's a very iconic 90s movie that didn't get enough love. 
Uh, yes. By the way, before I give mine, I did also forget to mention Chris Owen is in this movie uh, Troy. as Troy. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> you would know him as Sherman in American Pie. Uh, he played Norm in The Mist. He was an ex October Sky. He was also in Major Pain, amongst other movies. Uh, uh, he's been in a ton of stuff. And yeah, I, I'm remiss that I forgot <laughs> his name. I, that I forgot to add him in. But uh, I give this also a thumbs up as well. I think this is a really good coming-of-age film. You don't see movies like this anymore, and we're going to probably talk about that when we get to the actual review portion because I really think that that's a negative and a positive for this movie. So, thumbs up, though. I think especially if you have young, you know, teenage kids in high school, this might be a good movie to show them because maybe they're the asshole, maybe they're the, the you know, the, the left-out kid. We don't know. Things still happen. I think this is a good way to deal with that and, and show that your emotions are understood. And I think that's the important part of this movie. Uh, so now we are going to play a spoiler alert, even though it was in 95, just in case. If you never saw it and you want to see it before, stop, go see it, then come back and hear us. But if you don't care, because really you're not, you know, we're not going to ruin too much because it's a pretty straightforward film. But if you don't care, you want to hear it or you've seen it, this is where you stand because now here is the spoiler alert. Okay, we're talking spoilers. Let's start about the good of this movie. And Diesel, since this is one of your favorites, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. Uh, what did you like about Angus? All right, so it has a stellar cast of young and old actors. The casting director nailed it out of the park with this one. Introducing Charlie Talbert, probably one of the best introductory movies for a child actor until Little Miss Sunshine with Abigail Breslin. Like, he definitely not... A huge actor, but this kid nailed it. And then George C. Scott, uh, Kathy Bates. like Hey, you can't overshadow the James Vanderbeek. This is yeah. his first film yep. as well. Uh, great cast. And then, even though it was iconically 90s, the soundtrack is a banger on this one. The way this movie opens is one of my favorite, like probably top 10 movie songs with Love Spit Love, Am I Wrong? I love the opening to this movie. Um, I cannot preach it enough. And then the actual story itself about being bullied o over anything in high school, middle school, with the body issues and all that, it, it tells a really good story. Ron, you want to add anything to the good? No, it is definitely a solid story. It hits all the, the points. The, the comedy cliche stuff, like listening to uh, his, his Walkman because he, he's waiting for the radio station to play Green Day so he can win tickets. Yeah. I remember doing that. Like, if you hear the song, make sure you're calling number X. And then the fact that, like, uh, Vanderbeek's character there ends up being like, oh, I just happened to hear the song and decided to pick up the payphone yeah. and give you a call and win the tickets. It's just like, what the hell? And from, you know, like the Boyd Kids viewpoint, of course everything smells roses for this asshole. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> it's solid. Yeah, absolutely. Um... When you when you get back to it and you look at this, like I said, it is a like one of the best things about it, this is a quintessential coming of age film, and I, I like how it's devied out. And I mean, obviously, we get the you know for the most part the happy ending, uh, but this movie also. I think one of the good parts about it is it delves into seriousness as well. This movie is a very good drama, and the comedy kind of keeps it above board. Because, you know, you deal with a lot of heavy situations. You deal with, you know, when when there's a mending in the way of Grandpa and, and Angus's relationship. Because there's a little bit of a disagreement about what he should be doing. And his grandfather's like, you know, you should be strong and stand up for yourself. And even his mom is like, well, you know, he maybe he shouldn't. 
And then when he goes on his grandfather's wedding day, and when they're all questioning the, if if the young lady who's marrying him is doing it for the right reasons, uh, and Grandpa just you know they thought he thinks he falls asleep, so he puts the record on to wake him up like he does. And when he doesn't wake up, it's a fucking heavy yeah. scene. Oh, yeah, and then it's, it's a heavy scene when you were to, you see April, who is the woman he was going to marry, and you realize that while well, she's talking to Angus and giving him the suit that his grandfather bought him, that her watch alarm goes off she had that tune to set to his grandfather's pill taking time yeah. so it proves the fact that she actually did love his yeah. grandfather yeah. it's a very touching scene because angus has to, you know and he has a compassionate moment with her and it's very like very really well done uh i like the you know it, we all we were all nerdy so i loved the uh dynamic between troy and angus yep. i thought yeah. that they, they nailed that right on the head two nerdy kids from the 90s yeah. sharing their love for all things nerd and what they nerded out about so i thought that was perfect and you know qu- you know they nailed the quintessential uh, bullying you know the yeah. jock that bullies everybody and his you know his little henchman i thought they did a good job and I, once again it's like th- that movie had been made in the 90s a few times i think that they did this with sprinkling in uh, well, sprinkling in the good humor with the seriousness of it, I thought it was a very good message film. So I give it a lot of credit there. We're going to kick it over to the bad because I want to read off. This is going to be a good and a bad. So I'll kick off the bad with a good and a bad. And it is the bad thing is that this movie is not going to happen now, unfortunately. Yeah. And this is a time where this movie should be watched by young people. And another movie like this, and I'm not saying remake it, but a similar movie should be made. Unfortunately, what we do in society nowadays, and I'm going to forgive me get on the pedestal for a second is that nowadays we like to you know hide behind these cliches like oh there shouldn't be anything as body shaming and there shouldn't be anything as outing people and making fun of people for you know their sexuality and all that and, and we're, that's 100% right but we sometimes when we have these movements we forget that that shit still exists in school and bullies still exist in school and this is a perfect movie where yeah we get a happy ending so to speak at the end of this film but throughout the film, you are dealing with serious stuff to do with being picked on just because he's overweight. Now, when I was in school, I wasn't fat like I am now. I was in shape and I was a football player, but I was also still a nerd, though. Like, I, I, I've loved pro wrestling my whole life, and it has never been popular to like pro wrestling. Even in the 90s, during the Attitude Era, people were just tuning in for TNA. Well, let's mm-hmm. be honest. It was never popular. They weren't co- watching for the wrestling. I was watching for the wrestling. I was also a comic book fan. I was a movie buff. All those things are nerdy things that people weren't. And so even though I got to hide behind being a jock, if you will, you know, I was still more had more in common personally with the nerdier kids. So that's why I never bullied anybody. But that didn't mean it didn't happen. I stuck up for plenty of people. And nowadays it still happens. You know, there's still people who get bullied on because of how they look or how they act or how whatever. But we like, like I said, we like to kind of hide like it doesn't happen. So they wouldn't make this movie. How dare you make a movie where you're fat shaming a child? Well, here's the thing. This movie isn't about fat shaming that child. This movie is about the fact that it fucking happens. And that at the end of the day, somehow you have to persevere. And this shows you with the way to persevere in a, you know, yes, it's, it's romantic in the fact that he ends up with the girl, if you will. Which is not going to happen most of the time in real life, as we all know. That's just the point. But outside of that, what does happen is he shows how his strong will is what overcomes it. At the end of the day, yeah, he shoves, you know, he breaks Ricky's nose a bunch of times over the years, as we find out. But at the end of the day, what hurts the most and what gets the crowd behind him and the people behind him is when he tells him exactly off because he says, you're, yeah, the reason I don't like you is you're not normal. And he goes, wait a minute, but this person's not normal and this person's not normal and this person's not normal. And if you don't want to be like us and be unnormal, 
then you're the you're the one that's the problem. Yeah, the way they did that too with the filming of the his science project essentially, which is introducing a foreign matter into a cell, is really cool. How it does it is like the majority of us aren't normal. So what are you? Are you normal? Or are you one of us? Which right. is su- such a weird, ironic way to say it, and it's awesome. And I thought that was great. I really did. And once again, that's why it's a positive. But the negative is that this movie, a movie like this, will not be made again. I will say though, with the ending, like. Uh, the whole premise is they, as a joke, vote for him to be like homecoming queen, uh, king. And Rick's girlfriend is going to be the queen. She's the most popular girl there. The way they handle that, because most times in like 90s and 80s movies, the female character, the love interest, is always that perfect character. And we get that reveal at the end where yeah. she's going through some shit too. And it yeah. was handled beautifully. Like if, oh, I like that too. If they would do a movie like that today and handle that... That, I think this movie was years ahead of its time in the way they handled the female lead. Oh, I agree with you. Because, once again, she comes out as bulimic. And it's kind of like, but once again, that's going to go towards the people who would say, you can't do that because it's fat shaming. And it's like, it's not. Yes. This is a positive. There's a kid probably going through this shit right now. And it would be important for him to show this movie. Because this movie shows you how to persevere. How to just be you march to your own drum. And the fact of the matter is, none of us are normal. Yeah. None of us. To be normal is to be unnormal, or to be abnormal, I should say, in, in, in English, because unnormal is not an English word, but whatever. I can say what I want. It's my damn podcast. <laughs> but uh, anyways, it's, it's just kind of one of those things where you look at it and you're like, I wish that they would make movies like this now. And that's that, it's not a negative against the movie, necessarily. It's more against the film industry. That's why I wanted to do it in the middle. Uh, let's kick it over to negatives, because I know there is some in this movie. Diesel, what were your negatives for Angus? Uh, some of the negatives, it is dated. It does not pass the time, uh, test of time. There are some movies, the coming of age movies, that are set in a certain time period that transcend that. This is not one of them. You have to take yourself back to the 90s. If you were born after the year 2000, you might not connect with this as much as you should. It, it's very ingrained into the 90s culture. Yeah, I is. agree. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the problem. Like That's yeah. why I said if you went, you were in high school in the 90s, this is definitely a movie you need to watch. Like. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you weren't, you, you, even the only, like, even if you weren't in the high school in the '80s, I don't think you watched this. Yeah. Like, uh, it's not Breakfast Club. Yeah. I, I gotta be honest. There was too much in this movie. So <laughs> there, there was a lot in this movie. Yeah. They, they, they really weighted it down. I mean, I love yeah. the message, but there was a lot in this movie. Yeah. No too. pun intended, right? You know, there was a lot of little subplots that weren't necessary to get the main story told. But even with that, it was still only like an hour twenty movie. And I think it was handled well enough to move this plot forward enough and not take too much away from it. But it, it moves was quick. Little, it yeah. moves quick. Yeah, it does move quick. Um, some like like I was praising some of the acting earlier. Some of the other high school students, eh, not the best. We'll just throw that one out there. Uh, not the best showing for the Vanderbeek. <laughs> it wasn't bad, but like it's that whole movie. that whole group was like, all right. Some of it's a little over the top, it seems, but. Overall, really good. I don't have too much negative to say about this movie. Yeah, agreed. No, I get you. I understand. I don't have enough. I don't have a lot either. That's why I said there's just a little bit. Sometimes there's too many subplots. I didn't like the Judas subplot with uh, Troy. Yeah, I don't think you really needed that to move the story forward. They could have just bullied him and stole the camera. Yeah, it had done the same effect. Yeah. It actually made you hate them more. Yeah, than have to you know be like, oh man, I don't like fucking Troy now because he's a sellout. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he tries to forewarn, you already sold out, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Judas, you already stabbed me in the back, babe, brother. But uh, I agree. There's not too, too much negative in the movie. But at the same point in juncture, 
there is some things that I think could really, really be done better and handle better. But once again, I love the message of this film. And uh, I think that more movies should have a great message like this. Unfortunately, I think when we hide behind certain things nowadays, we actually help the bad side and not the good yeah. side. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of the full review. So you know what that means. What, what? It's time to play the game. Time to play the game! <laughs> That's right, it's time to play the game. Ron stole one last week and almost came up with a, a flawless victory, but just missed out. So can he retain or can Diesel reclaim the throne? That's right, it's time to play the game. It's simple, it's Price is Right rules. Whoever comes close to the number without going over, in just there's a tiebreaker. In that case, it's the closest to the number because we have to have a winner here. We don't pull that, we're going to get a fucking tie business. So... With that being said, are you gentlemen ready? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's start off with the Challenger Diesel IMDb out of 10 using points. What did they give Angus? I don't think it's going to be too high, but I don't think it's going to be too low either. 6.5. Run. No. I'll go 7.2. Give you a little leeway. And Diesel gets the point. 6.7 out of 10. Yeah, I didn't know which way to go. Yeah. Well, Ron, you get to pick next. You get to go first here. Out of 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, what did they give Angus? Um, I think 72. 72. Diesel. Damn it. I was, I was thinking, I was like, I'm going to steal his answer right there. 72. Uh, We'll give you a little bit away. 75. And with that being said. Neither of you got it. It was 67%. Right, so in the ballpark. 6.7 so, 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 and 67%. Should have so went, went with 67. That means the final question to make it interesting will be worth two points. And also, it is the closest to the number. And that is our good friends, the <laughs> Google users. Diesel, you're the challenger. You get to go first. Out of 100%, what did Google users give Angus? I have a feeling no matter what I choose, the answer is actually going to piss me off. Even eighty, even eighty for Diesel. Ron, what do you, they give? What do you think that Google users gave Angus? Eighty-one, eighty, eighty-one. He was cutting this. you off at uh-huh. the pass. I got this. We do have a winner, folks. Your winner and new champion Diesel. Google users gave it seventy-three percent. You motherfucker! <laughs> you will give horseshit an eighty-five baseline, <laughs> but an actual solid movie. You're in the lower end of the 70s fuck you google users whoa. <laughs> whoa he got he got a little loose there ron if you know yeah. what i mean i mean so y'all need to hide your kids hide your wife and hide your husband because they raping everybody out here Jesus, getting them all baby <laughs> all right well that brings us to our nerd score of course and i'll give my critic score at the end but the nerd scale is simple it is a mixture of a critical score an entertainment score and a recommendation. So we kind of compile them together. So even if a movie isn't critically good, it could still actually rank higher on the nerd store because it might be super entertaining and it might be good for a recommendation. So with that being said, the scale is as follows. A1 is just no. Don't see this movie. It is terrible. It is horrible. It should never be watched or consumed in any fashion. Two is you've been warned. That means it's not quite terrible, but it's also below average and not good. That means you've been warned. You shouldn't see it. 
Three is, ah, it's good. Which means it's an average to good movie. So it's not going to shake the world, but it's good enough that you should probably check it out, but maybe not spend money on it. Don't buy it. Don't rent it. Check it out when it hits one of the streaming services you already have. A four is just take my money. That means this is going to be a very good to great movie where it's kind of like, hey, if it's in the theaters, go pay the money to see it. If it's uh, if you have to rent it on Amazon, you can feel comfortable doing that. And even hell, maybe you might, you'd like it enough to buy it and add it to your collection. And it's worth doing it because it's a movie that you should just give your money to. But last but certainly not least, in the fifth slot, and it's rarefied air, it is certified nerd. These are where the classics go. This is movies like Jaws, the original Halloween, Jurassic Park, and then just recently in this year, Spider-Man, No Way Home, and The Batman both got a certified nerd this past year as a unanimous one. We've had other ones who have had one of us say certified nerd or a couple of us say certified nerd. Uh, the last one that comes to mind was uh, Last Night in Soho with two of us saying it and then we've had a couple with just one of us saying it. With that being said though it is now time to score 1995's Angus. Ron, on the nerd scale what do you give Angus and why? Alright, so I watched it twice yesterday because I was dog sitting so I got interrupted a couple times so I basically just let it play through uh, two times. I had to run it on Amazon, unfortunately, because I couldn't find it anywhere yeah, else. Yeah, it's not streaming on anywhere, so you have to hey. know the dark web a little bit. Yeah, well, trust me, I tried, and I couldn't find it, so I, didn't, I had to run it on Amazon. So, that that's that being said, after after watching it, I wasn't upset that I watched it. I enjoyed it immensely, but I think it's a three. Like, I don't think it's really a four, because I, I, it's dated. Like you said, it doesn't hold up as well because of that. If you're, like you said, if you weren't in high school in the 90s, you ain't. You ain't gonna feel this, and I, I believe it goes both ways. If you were in high school in the eighties, you're not gonna feel it. It's not. It's not Breakfast Club rank high. If you if you're in two thousands or later, you're gonna miss it. So I think it's a three. Like, okay, Diesel, what did you give Angus and why? I do agree with Ryan. I think it's a three, but I will give it the extra push because of the soundtrack. Weezer, Green Day, one of my favorite ska bands, Dancehall Crashers, Love Spit Love. This is a four for me. This is the way they handled some of the serious issues in a quote-unquote coming-of-age comedy. They handled it really well, and I think this movie is underrated and should be watched. And I think you should pay the money to go see it at Amazon streaming. Pay the money. It's definitely worth the watch. Uh, you know what? I'm going to agree with Diesel. I'm giving it a four. I think that uh, despite the fact that it is dated, you can yeah. tell it's from the 90s. You know, you have to forgive some of that. The message is just over strong. And it's one of those movies that I feel like the message should be really like there. The acting is really good. The soundtrack's really good. And that message is really, I think, very, very important. And it is, even in today's society, you can understand that and, and its importance. So I think it's, it's definitely a uh, just take my money. And it's definitely worth you know, purchasing and if you have younger kids who are going into high school or already just you know entered high school, this is a great movie to show them, especially if they might be an outlier. You know, and it's 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 really tough. You know, even though we like to pretend shit doesn't happen and that schools have gotten tougher, let's be honest, it, it, it hasn't. And what proves that is that you know, unfortunately, is the suicide statistics, and that's really fucking sad. And I think movies like this, although aren't going to solve all the problems, it might help bring some of those people to realize that there's there's more to life and. And the, the high school is just going to be a flated memory at one point in juncture. Uh, with that being said, I give this movie a 7 out of 10. I think it's a very good movie. The only points I take off is for it being really dated and for, you know, a couple of the little extras like we talked about. But outside of that, I was, I was watching it as a almost 40-year-old man in 2022. I remember seeing it when it came out. and I, You know, on, on video, I didn't see it in the theaters. And I remember watching it, I think, sometime in the early 2000s as well. And 
honestly, when I was watching the movie, like I said, other than knowing that it was a 90s film, I was like, you know what? That's great. And for me, it was a nostalgia trip to the 90s that I enjoyed. But on top of it, I think the substance of the movie was still there. I think you could even go over to the adult years and your work and your job for the movie and the message as well. But I mean... I just thought, like I said, I, I think that the message was beautiful. I thought it was well acted. I thought the drama was great. They tug at your heartstrings at the right time, and they also give you the laughter at the right time. And they, they don't, they, even though they give you a happy ending per se, they don't give you that complete happy ending because, like you said, even even the object of the affection is is damaged as well. And and you would never know that because on the surface she's perfect, and you don't find it out to the end because that's when he finally talks to her and finally finds out that oh wait a minute it's not just me. So and that's how a lot of people are. So. I dug it, give it a 7 out of 10. Two, me and Diesel both gave it a 4. Ron gave it a 3, which isn't a bad thing either. No matter what, it looks like we really enjoyed Angus. And of course, thank you to Ken M for selecting this for the Patreon uh, movie grab bag. With that being said, next week, we will, uh, for the 3FM Movie Club review, we will be doing a new movie, and it will be Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. Yep. I got it right this time, Diesel. <laughs> I did good. Uh, so that will be what we're going to bring you next week in the 3FN Movie Club review. But... Before we go anywhere else, we got to pay some bills. That means we have some shameless plugs to do, which means if you can hear my voice, that means you know how to find us. Do your friends know how to find us? Do their friends know how to find us? It's simple. You tell them to type in 3FN in any podcast provider and booyah kashad, there we are. While you're there, you might as well, you know, hit that uh, subscribe or follow button there, you know, so the show comes to you delivered automatically each and every week. It also helps out the algorithm. If you've done all those things and you're hearing me right now and you haven't given us a five-star review on whatever your favorite podcatcher is, would you mind doing that for us? It costs you absolutely nothing, but it means the world to us and it helps us, uh, the word of nerd, if you will, out into the world. We're also on Facebook. Type in that search bar, 3FN Podcast. There, you're going to find our page. You're going to like our page. You're going to comment, rate, review. Help us spread the word of nerd. Of course, we are on Twitter and TikTok at 3FN Podcast and on Instagram at 3FN Pod. For all the social medias, whenever talking about the show, make sure you hit that hashtag 3FN Pod. I don't think we said anything too inflammatory today, but if you took offense, email us 3FatNerdsPod at gmail.com. Of course, uh, make sure you're following us over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash 607podcast. We go live movie nights, I should say. Also, you know, we're, we do uh, the post shows for a lot of the wrestling events myself and Ken M do, so make sure you're following us over on twitch.tv slash 607podcast. Also, if you would like to support the show monetarily for as little as $1 a month and get a ton of extra bonus content, you can do that over at Patreon. Patreon.com slash 3FNpodcast. Like I said, $1 a month. You get uh, two times a month, you get the exclusive show, 3FN After Dark, me and Diesel talking about issues and everything. This week, we got a little more serious. There was some fun to but we got a little more serious because sometimes we can do that. It's our show, and it was a lot of fun still. Also, uh, once a month, you get We Love Movies where you get an extra bonus uh, movie review of movies from the past. On top of all that, you get the 3FM podcast early, and you get the uncut, unedited, uncooked edition with extra stuff in there baked right in so you get uh, more nerd news, you get more opinions, you get more funny, all that happy jazz. If you want all that and more and help us support the show for as little as $1 a month, once again, Patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast. Oh, yeah. You learned the importance of HTTP colon backslash backslash 3FNPODCAST.com. That's right. 3FNPodcast.com for all things 3FN Podcast. That means, you know, that's where you find the Patreon link. You can find the T Public link there to buy some swag and support the show. You can find the Twitch link there. You can find all the social media links, links to find the show. There's even players to play our show on. Also, 607 TWS information and the players to play that show. And 
And if you go over to Friends of the Show, the ODPH is there. And guess what? You can, there's a player there, and you can play their show as well. Also, there's a music section there where you can find out all the bands that uh, bring the music that we uh, you hear come to you. Like Shout at the Robots, who does our theme music, but also Tom Jolu, Second Suitor, Floodlands, the Phosphines from Melbourne, Australia, the Jasons from West Virginia. It's so awesome to have all of them in a one-stop shop. Last but certainly not least, there is sponsors. And those are our local sponsors who help us bring this show to you each and every week commercial free. And uh, let's start by giving them a shout out here to the people who provide us with the 8122 Production Studios. And that, of course, is Dragon Master Games, located at 1235 Upper Front Street in Binghamton, New York. For all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web. DragonMasterGames.com Events happening at the store If you're in the 607 or passing through the 607 It's simple, follow them on Facebook Dragon Master Games And thank you to Rex to Rod's Auto Detailing Located at 2004 North Street in Endicott, New York To call for an appointment, call 607-644-3389 When you're ready to put the pride back in your ride Don't forget to tell them the three fat nerds sent you Ronald One out of ten stars Why? The Lord of the Rings, all three of them Not a single ethnic person in all three i therefore give this movie a big fat zero i supposedly talk about the it supposedly talks about the world whoops hit the button and talk about the world not a single ethnic person in existence and please no excuses about true to its time crap i can understand braveheart saying true to the geographic location and period what is the excuse peter jackson has for not giving a single ethnic actor a chance boo 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 one out of ten stars lord of the rings just sucks people Diesel. So I don't want to cross streams here, but there is some flack in the magic world by some of the more right-leaning magic fans that in the upcoming D&D set, Aragon is black. And people are losing their minds over this shit. Oh, the Lord of the Rings set? You mean the Lord of the Rings set? Yeah, 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 Lord of the Rings set. Aragon's going to be black in the magic version of it. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't care. I don't give a shit. I just thought it was no, funny. Uh, we also got our only piece of real hate mail ever because we want Idris Elba to be black. Or not to be black. <laughs> <laughs> Idris Elba to be James Bond. To be fair, I think he lost part of his black card after Beast. Not the full thing, but part of it. I don't know. He did punch it. He did punch the lion in the face. He got punked um, out by that lion. Still, he still punched him. Hey, this is how you know if people watch because that was, that was pretty hilarious. I said that. <laughs> Uh, Idris Elba is black. We yes. want him to play James Bond. I'm yeah. sorry. I apologize. I heard. I heard they want to go younger, though. Unfortunately, I know. I don't. I don't. I forget who they said they wanted. You gotta admit, though, in Beast, Charlito Copley is much blacker than Idris Elba. <laughs> well, yeah, he was killing poachers. <laughs> yeah, he was, he's murder muffins. Like, like I, that's the story I want to see. Like, I want to see him killing poachers. <laughs> Ah, man, with that being said, man, it's been a hell of a week. Yeah. Uh, once again, I can't thank people enough for Sci-Fi Horror Fest. Uh, I hope I didn't forget anybody earlier, but I, special <laughs> shout-outs to our good friends over at Geek Pod, who are, were awesome. Go find them on any podcast provider. It's G33KPOD. Because, uh, you know, you gotta get you got to get creative sometimes when you're naming your shows, and I, I, I like it, but... Uh, Make sure you give them a check out. Also, uh, go over and find out about our friends over in the Dorkening Network. Uh, we had to spend some time with Kevin. He's fucking awesome. So check those guys out as well. So just a little more shout outs and thank you. And I'm probably going to, you know, you're going to hear those names more as we're going to be talking to those guys and doing some things with them. So with that being said, though, man, whew, I am ready for this week to be over. Uh, I had a, an amazing week, but a fucking tiring week. I, I thank you guys all for uh, stopping by, hearing our movie review, hearing our thoughts and opinions on the nerd news. And, of course, I hope we brought you the entertainment funny. We will be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel to talk 
this past this upcoming week's nerd news plus also uh to give you the 3fn movie review for honk for jesus save your soul until then take care of yourselves take care of each other and most importantly later nerds no later how great of a name is angus bethune for a fat kid <laughs> lord of the rings just sucks people